Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Matt Smith. Very excited for everybody to hear part two of my conversation with Coach Nick Giblin of Calvary Christian High School down in Clearwater, Florida. If you want to listen to part one, uh, go to my Instagram for Instagram Live, where we talked a few weeks ago about his process of getting his athletes back into the weight room. Now, this episode, we discuss what's kind of happened uh, in the weeks after getting his athletes, what happened in training, um, and how he's going to move forward with his athletes. Uh, so make sure you always reach out to our guests. Thank you to all the past guests. Thank you to everybody that listens to the podcast. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, share the podcast with everybody you know. Uh, thank you to everybody uh, that helps support this podcast. We keep it rolling every single week, guys. So again, Coach Nick Giblin, Calvary Christian High School, part two of our conversation. Everybody, stay strong. What's up, guys? Strength Talking Shop podcast. Excited to have part two. Uh, so we had Nick Giblin on Instagram Live a few weeks ago where he was talking about his plan uh, going into training his athletes over at Calvary. We've got him here on part two going over what has ha- kind of happened over the last few weeks, uh, training through COVID. What's going on, Nick? What's going on, Matt? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. Super pumped to have you on. Super pumped to uh, release this out to the masses so people can, you know, just kind of see what you guys are doing. I know you guys are doing a lot of great things uh, down there at Calvary. So, you know, why don't you kind of explain for, for people that may not have listened to the first little part, you know, kind of what you guys have done here in this uh, post-COVID era and training through COVID. So we put a – how we feel, we we put a good plan together when I talked to you. Uh, I was part of a task force meeting with several other people, um, the head of the school, the a couple of the ADs, the assistant principal, and a few other people uh, on that task force. And we got, we got started. We had 170-plus athletes uh, sign up for our sports performance summer training. Very cool stuff there, and um, I was very fortunate this year where they kind of just gave me the keys and said, hey, you program everything, you run the show, and, uh, you know, we'll kind of follow, make sure we're following the guidelines and all that stuff. And so um, we kind of had to separate the football team, so we broke that down into groups. We kind of took that from people that I had talked to up at the college level and how they were doing things with, you know, a football team when you have, you know, a lot of athletes on the roster. So it made for a little bit longer day, but we broke those guys down. So we had like a JV football slash Devo group with some kids mixed in there from maybe soccer, baseball, whatever. So incoming freshmen. And then we had an O-line, D-line group. And then we had a pretty much a skills group, which is a combination of could be a running back, could be a receiver uh, and a linebacker, cornerback type of deal. Um, so we broke them down like that. We had the female group early in the morning. Um, but for the most part, it worked out for everyone. Um, we had a hiccup week two where I was in the weight room and the AD came to me and said, hey, we're going to be out of the weight room after this week. And we're going to be 
outside for the rest of the time or until further notice, which ended up being pretty much until the last week of summer. So football, that meant football, everybody, um, even the female athletes had to be outside. So you have two choices right there. You can mope about it and say, all right, you know, these guys will continue to um, do our field work, which for us, we had two, two days weight room, two days field work. So we would work on our speed stuff, which would have an acceleration day uh, and a max V day. And then those two other days, we can just do body weight stuff and be lazy. But instead, what I did was is I set up equipment outside for these guys. Could be trap bars, uh, dumbbells. We set up the just jump mats, uh, the squat rollers, all that stuff, and made the best of it. So, um, you know, the kit, you know, you can't do what you really want to do out there because you're out there on concrete, you're in the heat, you can only bring so much weight out there. But um, we made the, I made the best of it. But for me, at the end of the day, I actually liked, I was talking to a few other people, I actually liked having less because for us, and like I've talked to you in the past, is us, we're trying to make better athletes. So our, our speed work, our field stuff is, that's, that's one a and then one B is the weight room. So um, we had huge progressions for us. So some people might struggle with that, not having that weight room. For me, it wasn't a struggle at all. I think the, 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 the kids, they look at it as, you know, being slided a little bit because the kids want to be in the weight room. And I understand that. But for us, we had huge progress. Um, I'm very fortunate to have our track coach worked with us, Coach Lisa. She's fantastic. And um, she was with me the entire summer. Um, and we got after it on the field. And it was an opportunity to not only just the football group, but the female athletes in general, who to get them to understand that being a better athlete only helps you in whatever sport you may play. So um, we had that hiccup early on, but we took it on head on and we, we went forward from there. I love that you uh, just said right there, the opportunity, you know, you found the opportunity to educate your athletes even further. I think that's uh, super important. So how, how has that kind of been? Um, you kind of hit it a little bit there with them transitioning on doing, you know, you said you brought out the trap bars and everything, but that traditional um, just being outside that field work, how did you kind of set that up for them? Well, we, you know, so as you can imagine, when you're out in the weight room, um, I would go early in the morning, set that up for, for, the, for the individual groups. And you can do a lot of stuff without having to be heavyweight. And so we did, we continued to do our split squats. We continued to do skater squats. We did kickstand trap bar stuff for our bigs. And we did our trap bar stuff. Um, you can be explosive with that. Uh, we had the just jump mats out there for the, for all their jumps. We do weighted jumps, depth jumps, standard vertical jumps, single leg jumps, whatever it may be. Um, and then you can, you can bring med balls out there for some overhead stuff, dead bugs, um, that type of stuff. We have the uh, we got the rollers, the GHD rollers last year. So you can bring those out and, and you can do a multiple type of stuff like that. And I actually brought out the 
the landmine attachments, which is a huge thing. Uh, Coach Mike Tucker from Villanova told me, I was spitballing with him. He's like, man, bring landmine attachments out there. You can do so much different stuff. So, you know, that's something that's not that hard to bring out there. Uh, it's a little tough, I'll be honest with you, to bring all that stuff out there early in the morning in Florida. I, pr I, I was already soaking wet, but it's before I even started. Um, but it's worth it for the athletes because I don't want them to just come there and say, okay, you know what? We're just going to do push-ups, body weight stuff, crunches, because there's a lot of schools in the area that don't have access to the weight room or maybe they didn't bring stuff out and they're just doing body weight stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I want my athletes to show up and look forward to doing something, um, especially a high school athlete, because if a high school athlete gets bored fast. Um, and so we did everything we could for them. And it was only a couple of days and then the other days we were on the field. So I think we were able to accomplish some stuff just by bringing uh, the necessities out of there. Yeah. I like what you said there. And the fact of, you know, you found what you could do with the athletes, you know, bring those landmine attachments out, the med balls. Cause from everything you just said, I mean, that's a ton of stuff that you can still do. And like I said, it sucks having to bring all that out, but at the end of the day, you're probably getting a cop. You're, you're still going to do exactly what you want to do. Right. Absolutely. I, I, you know, high school athletes, they want to lift heavy. They want to do all that stuff. And, and, you know, the weight room, I love the weight room, but there's, you know, developing athletes, there's so many different ways. And for example, you know, I have kids that can probably squat three, 400 pounds, uh, bilateral, unilateral, you know, you follow me enough, you know, we do our hand assisted safety bar split squats, which they've earned to do that, especially the football team. Um, but I could take 40-pound dumbbells, and what we did was I just tempoed them. Yep. And I'll say, okay, we got we got a split squat on a tempo, whether that's on the single-leg squat roller or whether that's just a standard split squat. And I'll tempo them at a five, six, uh, five or six-second tempo. And if, I'll tell you what, man, if I had some singles, I would have made some money because they're shaking <laughs> like no one's business. But they – but. They don't look at. They look at. Oh, coach! I, really, all I have is forty pounds. Well, that's fine. But look, look what's going on here. I'm blowing you up, and there's no barbell on your back. But we're getting what needs to be done, just with, with forty pound dumbbells in our in our split squat. So, um, you know that you always have to fight the good fight with that. But they understand uh, what I'm trying to do for them, especially when it comes to trying to get them out that out of that mindset of we just got to lift lift heavy constantly or or be dead at the end of the workout yeah and that's a testament to a good culture that you've created there man so i know you've been working hard on that and and that's just showing that you're starting to get that culture that you always wanted there so that's that's awesome to hear i guess my my question that i have is you know what would be your advice to other high school coaches that are having to deal with the same thing you are, what would your advice be to them? Well, if you don't have access to a weight room, I, you need to educate yourself on how to develop speed. Um, the one thing that we've done that we were very, very pleased with, 
um, we just finished up our summer training, which we had a, a week or two to start before any school started here in the area. So when I, when I knew I was getting two days in the weight room, two days outside, you know, we, def, we, we worked a high-low model. Um, but developing speed for these guys, getting them to understand that, look, for us, the field is first, it's 1A, and then the, the weight room is 1B. So developing these guys, if you have nothing in, in front of you, you have no weight room, no access to weights, you can develop these guys as athletes with your speed work, change direction, agility, um, you know, doing crawls. There's so much you can do. If you have med ball access, you can do all this stuff, jumping. I mean, the progress that we got with our athletes, I mean, since I've been in the door, we've, we've focused on that. But I literally could do that for four days and be, be pleased. I know that won't please the coaches. But for me, athletically, for these kids, getting to understand – that look, if you're a field sport athlete, and you could be, and you could play a different sport, basketball, volleyball, whatever it may, whatever it may be, we, this is your wheelhouse at the end of the day. So, us, you know, if you can develop speed, getting this, make sure that they're sprinting, um, whether that's you know working acceleration, whether that's working max V. I did not allow our athletes to do uh, max velocity until week three of our mm -hmm. summer training. So I started kind of short to long. Um, some may agree with that, some may not, but I knew, I know my athletes, I know what they did over COVID. I challenged them, but at the same time, I know they did not do a lot of sprinting. So I wasn't gonna throw them into the fire with, and open up with like, you know, fly tens and stuff like that. So we started with just a standard 10 yard sprint. Um, so, for these high school athletes, you can get stuff done without weight room access and help these athletes and treat them like athletes and get it done on the field with your sprint work, your jump work. Um, you know, something that I learned from who I'm really appreciative of, uh, Andy Ryland. I'm sure you follow him. Yep. He has been awesome. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I talked to him about over COVID that we did not get into with my athletes because it just wasn't COVID safe, um, you know, grappling and, and stuff like that. But the crawling and stuff like that, that is – take athletes out in the field. I don't care if they, they're O-line, D-line, skill guys. You do a bear crawl, you do any type of animal movement, it will blow you up, especially if you do it correctly. And the athlete, don't get me wrong, my athletes look at some of the stuff I do, I know it looks good for some people and I get a lot of compliments and I appreciate that. But my athletes also, they're like, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing today? You know, um, and my bigs are, you know, they, they do a lot of our crawl stuff and then they do tumbling. And they just, the first couple of weeks we started that, especially week one, they're like, coach what are we doing but you can develop all this stuff um and that's why i suggest educating yourself on speed stuff whether you talk to somebody or you know you go and educate yourself a little bit more on that it's all there and you're out there on the field at the end of the day so for me i was very 
pleased with what we did on the field. Um, and we, we stuck with our plan. We got the job done. And my job is to continue to tell these guys, like, look, you guys have to continue to develop your speed. Coaches recruit speed. Um, you know, speed is what separates good athletes from great ones at the end of the day. Um, and that doesn't mean you, you know, these kids, you know, doesn't mean you have to run a four, three, four, 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 five. If you can shade a little bit off every week, then you're seeing the results you need to do. Um, so that's my advice to these coaches. I know that's a little long winded, but there's some coaches that get absolutely lost if there's no weight room access. So you have to learn how to develop athletes at the end of the day, because that's, that's what you're, that's their job to be an athlete. Yeah, it's super important, man. I mean, their job is to be an athlete to go out there on the field, especially if they're field work. You know, it's interesting. I was reading today about, you know, NFL guys are reporting back um, to teams and these guys are complaining because they didn't have access to a weight room. They're coming in out of shape. And I saw somebody say, well, don't they know that you can run outside and you can still do sprints? And that's kind of my thought process of it too. It's like, you don't need all the fancy bells and whistles to accomplish what you're looking for if you know what you're doing. And if you don't know what you're doing, that's when you go out, like you said, reach out to good coaches and figure out a plan. Let's be proactive about this instead of being reactive. So I think um, your guys' example, what happened to you, the second week, okay, well, you were proactive about it instead of, like you said, moping and groaning about it. You are proactive on creating a plan and then still accomplishing, you know, what you had in mind for your athletes. Because uh, as you know, no, uh, no plan A ever works. You got to have that plan B and plan C. You know what I mean? Yeah, I learned that a long time ago, man. When I was, when I was an intern in college, we, you, you could be inside, you could be outside. This, this situation might happen. So, you know, I don't have any interns or GAs with me. So that's, that's me moving all that equipment outside for these guys early in the morning, making sure that they're coming to the school to at least do something that's worth their time. And, and again, I could have them do body weight stuff, but I want them to come to the school and have something to look forward to at the end of the day, because, you know, their, their time is valuable um, at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I think that's – you nailed it on the head right there. Their time's important. Your time's important. And you want to get good quality work in there done. What does it look like for you guys now when they come back? Do you, do you, uh, when do you get them back? So we got green-lighted. It, 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 it's really a roller coaster here. You're There's right. some that are, are not going to be doing anything. They're pushing back everything until, I think – mid-August. We are actually green-lighted to start Monday, so fall sports for us starts Monday. Um, I will be working with the volleyball athletes. They are having tryouts, so we are going to um, – they want me to do some testing stuff, so we'll, we'll time a 10-yard uh, a sprint. We're going to do some things on the just jump mat, and we're going to do some agility stuff during their tryouts. Um, they, she, the, the volleyball coach is the assistant AD and she kind of had some testing stuff, which was kind of, uh, how can I put this kind of, I don't know, I, old school, I guess, I guess you can say, you know, for, 
yeah. the final word, but I'll be working with them on that and some of the stuff that we did uh, when I was at Illinois State with the with the volleyball athletes and with our testing stuff. So that's all I know for now, but I'm sure I'll have the football team a couple days. We have no weight room access, they told us today, for uh, – we actually pushed the start of school back for only a week. So we have about a three-week period here, but they are full go for fall sports. So that means they can start pads, helmets, however they want to proceed that. Uh, volleyball can start practice. So I'm sure I'll be there on campus to continue, uh, uh, you know, our speed work. So we'll continue to time uh, the football team, whether that's in our max V stuff, maybe get into, uh, you know, our chains, our resistance sprints with the chains. Uh, med ball throws, crawls, jumps, all that stuff. But it, it's kind of a mess right now, to be honest with you, because there's yeah. a lot of people that don't want to start. Uh, they want to give this thing some time, especially here in Florida. I mean, we are a hotbed right now. So we're, we're green-lighted, and some of the other private schools are green-lighted, but there's, the public schools right now cannot do anything. Uh, they can continue to do their field work and stuff like that, but they can't start pads, helmets whatsoever. Um, and, and their fall sport athletes can't start practice. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll, we had a long two hour meeting today uh, and I'll kind of talk with the football coach and the volleyball coach, see how they want to approach this. When we get back to school, I'm hoping the weight room will be accessible because uh, I know there's a deal on the table for me as far as maybe doing some getting in the weight room with them during school period. Uh, we have football during eighth period. They're fortunate to have that. And then after school stuff, I'll have them, uh, certain departments. So right now, all I know is we're green lighted. So we'll continue to develop them. If that's the field and that's the field, um, because these guys will go into practice anyway. And there could be a lot of standing around, as you know, in football practice. You know, they may not be going 100%. So we try to continue our, our sprint work during in-season anyway so that they're getting that in. Would you mind diving in a little bit on what you guys are doing for that speed work? I know you talked about the 10 that you started out with. and you kind of progress them from there forward into week three. Would you mind kind of diving into that a little bit here? Um, we'll wrap it up after that. Yeah, so for me, uh, we started short to long. Yeah. So we started off with 10-yard uh, timing, 10-yard sprints. We're, we're fortunate to have a free lap timing system. And, and like I said, Coach Lisa um, helps me with all that, you know, while I'm trying to – work with another group over there, you know, because if we have X amount of kids out there. Um, so for us, it's, it's, it's we're going to have an accelerated day um, and we're going to have a max V day. But we work all types. We don't just work linear. We, we work curved sprints. Um, so we set up different stuff. We set up maybe we worked them around the baseball diamond. We timed that. Um, we did serpentine runs. We did S-curve runs. We, we, we put them in all types of uncomfortable situations and timed it um, during the course of summer. And then when we got into our max V work, 
we timed our fly tens. Our bigs could have a little bit shorter run in. Our mids would have about so so our bigs would have about a 15 yard run in, and then the rest of the guys would have probably about a 20 yard run in. But we would work our uh, as you've seen, we would work our wickets um, for all groups and. So it's not just football. Our, our female athlete group got really good over the course of the six weeks that we worked with them over that. Um, and, you know, again, I can't stress enough how huge that is for any athlete. So, you know, we would have some jumps, some bounds, some broad jumps during that day. They could have some type of posterior med ball throw. Um, during that day as well, a partner uh, med ball throw or depth drop to overhead. Uh, that's one of my favorite med ball movements there. But we would uh, we would work it like that. So it would be an accelerated day and a max speed day. So I, I think this was from past discussions that you and I had, and I hope people catch what you talked about with your linear stuff is that not everything is just in a straight line. And I remember you talking to me about this, and it kind of changed my mindset, was if you look at a football player, when is it ever really linear? Like look at a punt return or something like that. I think that's super important that you're putting them, like you said, in all those chaotic environments because um, that's going to make them better at their sport, right? So I think that's a huge point that I hope people take away from what you guys are doing with your linear stuff. Yeah, we – you know, we – again – I've had some days where the kids look at me, or my athletes, I hate to say the word kids, but yeah, <laughs> look at me like I'm crazy. Like even just the stuff that we do, we play a lot of games, a lot of short-sided games. Um, we try to develop that OODA loop. Um, so we had to use pool noodles. Unfortunately, a lot of times I use flag belts or we just, you know, we, we might just tag the other athlete. Mm -hmm. But because we wanted to keep it COVID, we had to use pool noodles. And um, so we we try to get these kids out of premeditated drills, predetermined drills, that these kids are going outside of Calvary to go do. So mm -hmm. when we got back week one and week two, when we would have our sprint days, we would have some time set aside to do short-sided games. So – I know some of the stuff that I've done uh, that I took from, you know, DeMarco, Coach DeMarco over there, Elon, with our two-on-one dodge, three, three, three-v-one dodge. Um, and it was a mess. I'd be honest with you. It was a real mess when we started those type of games because these kids are so used to just doing predetermined drills because it's, it's you know, it's the sexy thing to do. Yep. Uh, and so you're paying these guys, and once you – you know, it, it only takes a little bit of time for you to pick up these these movements. And I don't want to get into agility ladder and all that stuff, but just even a simple cone drill and premeditated drill that these kids can do, once they pick it up, they're like, okay, I'm confident in doing this. Right. So I try to play these games that you've seen that some of these coaches – in my opinion, have the balls to do. Um, you know, the U.S. strength, James Smith, uh, guys like that, 
Dr. Lima over there at Villanova or at uh, Towson. Villanova does it. DeMarco does it. And his staff over there at Elon. A lot of guys are starting to pick that up and start doing that. Uh, I'm even seeing at the high school level where, you know, you could play uh, a 2v1, 3v1 dodge game. You could play capture the flag. You can do all these little silly games. But it will, it will, you will hit the, 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 the shin angles and the actual reaction agility and change of direction that you might hit in a game instead of have them doing just the setup uh, agility movement or change of direction movement. So for me, that was a big thing of trying to get these guys to understand that because when you slow-mo it, which I try to do is like, okay, here's why we're doing it at the end of the day. Watch – the angle you hit here and then look at a picture of you in a game situation where your knees are over your toes or you're in an awkward uh, movement. There's nothing predetermined about that whatsoever. You don't know what's happened in a game. So that's a big sell for me. Now the kids do have fun doing it once, once they get into it. Um, so, you know, that's what I love there, but, I do get some looks of like, you know, what are we doing right now? Like, this is, this is great. And don't get me wrong, the coaches, oh, man, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. <laughs> um, but those are big things right there. Again, going back to our conversation of things you can do with just some cones to set up your athletes for, 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 the, for the season. I mean, it is huge. It's, and, it, and it's pivotal for their – development as an athlete absolutely man i couldn't agree with you more and i want to appreciate you for for nailing that with me uh last year whenever we were talking about that and it was something that kind of opened my mind to a lot of different things and to helping me out so i really appreciate that but as we uh wrap it up here if people want to reach out to you coach how can they reach out to you um and learn a little bit more uh my twitter and probably instagram uh, I'd say my Twitter's probably, for whatever reason, a little bit stronger than my Instagram account. But that's that's usually where I use most of my my uh, social media platforms for whatever whatever I put on there. I know you got, you're doing some great stuff down there, at Calvary man. Um, I'm excited to see what the future is going to be. I'm glad that you guys have had such good results here so far with COVID, and uh, you know, hope that you guys get back in the weight room really really soon. I can't thank you enough for just coming on here and sharing with the masses on what you're doing, man. It's super important what you're doing down there. I appreciate you, man. This is uh, fun to do. You're easy to talk to. You're, you're hands down the best podcast I, I, I do, man. Um, I've done quite a few, and they're a little uncomfortable, but I appreciate <laughs> you having me on. You, you keep getting big time on me, man, so I have to follow all these great teachers and coaches that you have on. And uh, I also want to say also, again, I can't stress enough, congrats to you guys. I know you're having a baby soon. So I hope that uh, it's going to be a game changer, man. So be ready for that. Oh, man, it's crazy. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Thank you for the compliment, man. One of the OGs of the podcast right here. One of the first people I wanted to have on, and he will always be a recurring guest. So um, I appreciate you, Coach. Uh, everybody, reach out to him. I mean, I can't stress enough how good of a uh, – a coach he is and what he's doing down there in Florida. I just thank him for being on here and everybody make sure you stay strong.